Oh, Mountaineer Nation. Once again, we find ourselves out on the porch here, three wide. First therapy session, true therapy session of the year. Texas Tech was the origin of the therapy, and now we're uh, in it again here. After the dismal showing in Lubbock for the Mountaineers, 48 to 10, you know all about it. But we're going to talk about what might be next, not only for this year, but for the state of the program. You know Mike's going to come in here and want to talk a little bit about a coaching change. So we're going to let him. We're also going to talk hoops on the backside. And a special guest, Bobby Huggins, might talk about Coach Prime himself. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're going to settle in to the couch and have a West Virginia therapy session here on the porch. Let's go. Well, guys, couches are back. We, we weren't we weren't trying to do it early in the year, but now I think it's official. Uh, let's take some seats in here. It's therapy time. Mike, you've never been in for therapy. This is um, I feel like you need it more than the rest of us, though. I think the entire state of West Virginia needs therapy after <laughs> what we were put through for three hours on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, question to everybody real quick. When did you officially like decide this game is over? I think for me, it was like just seeing how poorly the offense was going and knowing what the defense was set to do. It's like, we don't have a chance. And that really crystallized at the end of the first half when they couldn't capitalize on a chance to score right before half and then get the ball after half to try and make a game of it. After that interception before halftime, it's just like, okay, this is just so one of the that- days where things are going to go badly. Zach, you, you you're kind of along the same lines as me. Like, I, I was I didn't think it was over over, but I had that feel. Yeah, well, you know, to be honest with you, though, I didn't I didn't have that feeling until we threw the second interception, the one coming out of halftime, and then the next play they scored the touchdown, and then it was like, yeah, this one's done. Well, that sealed it for sure. But I think even before halftime, when I'm like, okay, we're only down fourteen, we get the ball after half. It's possible we can do something, but it's just like you have that feeling when it just nothing's really going right. Well, it wasn't going right, but we were moving the football. I mean, some of the catches we were making on that drive, JT was moving it. I want to, I want to get it real quickly here. I also want to hear this, this question answered by Mike and CJ. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw this out here so everyone can think about it. Fourth and ten at the twenty-seven yard line, when you're already down fourteen, and you don't take points after your kicker already made one from from 40 and had some had a little bit of leg on that kick thought that was a bad bad decision by neil but um, I, I think neil brown has been compensating ever since he didn't go for it against pit week one if you notice it he, he's kind of gone for all of those and it's a total switch from his original philosophy but I think the guy is simply more worried about what people think about him than actually preparing to play on Saturday. My goodness, the defense was running around on skates, and 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 he said in the post game press conference that the offense was bad, just bad, and it absolutely was. It was horrendous. It was an atrocity out there. Hey, do you guys think that we we got so worked up and involved? and kind of mentally thinking so much about how fast Texas Tech was going to play, their pace, that it just threw everything off for us, especially after how it started. 
All right, so I have to do reporting on a day-to-day basis, and I'll let you guys get to this in a little bit. Uh, but I was clipping one of the press conferences uh, from the defensive back that did one. Uh, it was Aubrey Burks. That's who it was. And, and somebody asked him about the tempo, and he said, uh, we had one call. The defense had one call, and that they miscommunicated and that they were out of position and that they didn't give effort in spots. And they just sounded totally unprepared. You got to bring the fight to the offense. There's got to be a response to that play, to, to the speeding up the offense. You have to find a way to counter that. And we were on the ropes, and that was a very telling answer. I don't mean to put Aubrey Burks on black, but to say we had one call on defense and it's time to just go play fast tells me that we had no plan, and that was evident in the way that it played out. Hey, Mike, let me ask you this real quick. Do you think that's because we don't have the ability right now to do more than one thing. And they're going so fast. It's like, let's do one thing well and just hope we can react enough to make a few plays. And in the first half, we were keeping them in front of us. They just kept getting on fourth down. So granted, I think a lot of those were decisions where they knew they were going to go for it on fourth, but still, man, like maybe that was the best defense we had considering all the youth we have back there. Yeah. But whose fault is that? It's Neil Brown's. That's another example of being totally unprepared. It's unfortunate you lose Charles Woods early in the year. He gets banged up once again in the game. But your your defensive coordinator is totally unqualified. If you look at his resume, he went Northwest Community College, East Mississippi Community College, a year at Troy, and then instantly at West Virginia, he's thrust into a role that he's not ready for, and that is evident. Our defense is just soft. That's the only word that I can use to describe it around the board. And on 10 days for preparation, too, that's pretty rough. That was bad right there. That's a good point, Zach. Yeah, and it's tough to say still young back there when you are now seven weeks deep into the season, plus camps, all of that. Like at some point, freshmen no longer become freshmen. First year guys are no longer first year guys. And this is about the, this is kind of that time of year. So, yeah, I mean, I, at some point, the excuses of being young just have to go to the wayside, and it's just flat out they're not good enough. I think well, I don't I don't agree with that, CJ, because man, we know how that is. Like younger kids are going to when they match up against guys that have been doing it a long time and are experienced and very good, probably gonna have some struggles on occasion. Well, and especially when a team plays at that tempo that Texas Tech played at. But see, and I don't want to hear problem. that because and here's and here's my issue with that is you take your lumps, man. That's that's the way it okay. goes sometimes. And that's fine, and and I and I can get over the mistakes if there's effort, but that 55-yard touchdown pass that they scored on right there at the beginning of the third quarter, there there was no effort. The guy was wide open. He makes one move, and it's a straight line 55 yards later. I, I Sorry, there's that's no effort. And that's when the it was over. guy's not trying to get off block. That's, that's when that's it bullshit. was over. I agree with you on that, CJ, because there was – the effort seemed to be lacking in the secondary on trying to make the tackle on that play in particular. And, and that's my thing. I can get over mistakes and, and blown assignments – if you're flying around and there's effort, but there have been times this year that there's been none of that. So when you put all three of them together, that tells me quite frankly, and I hate to say this, but I'm for the first time this year, I'm going to agree with Mike. That's got to go onto the coaching that goes right to the position coaches. That goes right to the coordinator. That goes to all of them. Like you had 10 days to get ready for that kind of tempo 
get your ass ready. Seems like Mike might have had to jump on all this. I feel like a lot of us are going <laughs> to agree with him after all. But I relish no joins saying this because West Virginia football is in ruin. At the end of the day, it's sad. It's not in ruin. It just needs to maybe be rebuilt. Hey, it's like uh, in, in, in one of the best movies of the, the 21st century in Batman, right? It's always darkest before the dawn, right? I love the maybe, the dawn, maybe the dawn's coming Saturday, fellas. Is Jimbo Fisher getting fired on Saturday? Who knows? He might after this whole thing down, going on down there in College Station right now in the locker room with them, you know, smoking funny things and, you know, the old Tom Petty, the old Tom Petty song. Whatever it takes, if that's going to give us our shot, we'll take it. Do you still want Jimbo? Yes, absolutely. I, I would take uh, the the chair to my right right now over Neil Brown. The, the question that I have, though, is if that's going on in the locker room before a game, if they're literally sitting there and supposedly someone's smoking, smoking some Mary Jane before a game, though, that, that's concerning to me for Jimbo. I, I like Jimbo a lot. I mean, I would love him to come back and be our guy, but that's – come on, what's going on there? Well, Percy I, I, Harvin came out and said that he was stoned for every single NFL game that he ever played. That's awesome. It's more common than you think. Yes, well, that's and, not and, that big of a deal. And, and Percy can say that, but you know, at Florida they were also winning games. So, and my my issue with Jimbo is is he had the one really good year at Florida State, and it's kind of been mediocrity ever since. I'd just like to say I did the D two thing, and, and that's nothing. I've I've seen much much worse. Oh yeah, I think we anybody that's been around organized sports has probably seen worse. I'll just leave it at that. Go go Bobcats. <laughs> go, go Bobcats. <clears throat> oh, the days at the days at Dony right there, uh, Mike. Oh God. Yeah. We we, we won't get into that. The Dadisman's probably more uh our style here for, for Morgantown. Um Hey, I guess we ripped the Band-Aid off, right? I mean, is it? It's. Is there any way that he can save this now? Well, yeah, he's got a heck of an opportunity. That's right. That's true. Well, but okay, but let, let me preface it this way because of what you just said, Mike. They beat TCU, then lose out. Is that still enough? It's enough for me to have fun on Saturday. <laughs> I, hey, to me, I think isn't that all that matters, though. I, I, to me, I think from an overall standpoint, from an overall fan base standpoint, winning out might be the only way. No, oh, CJ, you're crazy if you believe that. Just real quick, beating TCU and losing the rest that put us at four and eight with the top ten win. Didn't Dana have a four and eight team the year they beat? Yes, he did. They were at home when they were no, top ten. Or was Oklahoma State. State? Okay, Oklahoma I thought it was Oklahoma State. State. Yep. Okay, so it can happen, and you can retain a coach that way. But will it? Who knows? I I just I I don't know if one wins enough right now. Hey, in question though, real quick here. I guess we're going to get into this game, so let's go ahead and play it. Talking about the rest of the season, you guys really think Iowa State's that much better than us? I would hope not. I don't think so. That's a possible win. It's also in Ames. How often do we win on the road? Almost never. <laughs> I don't True. I don't think right now it's about necessarily who's better, but 
I hate to say this, but you almost have to look at the other guy in the headset. Uh, it, it, right now, has Neil shown you anything that he's going to out-coach Campbell? I mean, he couldn't out-coach a first-year head coach at Texas Tech. No, no. He oogles over Matt Campbell every year that that game comes up. You should hear that press conference. He goes on and on and on about how Matt Campbell has built the model program. I think that Neil Brown would have a better occupation starting a Big 12 podcast. He sounds more like a fan than a coach. That guy has no competitive edge whatsoever. He can't outcoach Matt Campbell. He, He hasn't. He never has. We have beat them, though, with, with Neil at the helm. Have we not? Have we? I think we'd, we might have scratched one out. I'm, I'm trying to – no, you might be right, Mike. I'm trying to think. I mean, because I just I, – I listen to all those press conferences, and I, I there's one thing to give credit they to. They all do that, though, with him, though. He, he gives, Neil's not the only one. It's okay to give credit. Props, but it, it's over the top. You, you got to have an edge. This guy's got no edge. I'm just letting it rip because everybody's finding out what I've known for years, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant. It is what it is. I, I hated Neil Brown ever since 20 to 14 against JMU. I thought that was a, a ridiculously horrendous performance and showed that we were going to have nothing to build on, and, and the alarms should have been going off, but they weren't. And since then, it's just been mediocrity, mediocrity, mediocrity. And if it's open season on the guy, I'm just going to let it rip. And that's one of the things that I don't like about him is is that he goes on and on and on and on and on about other people's programs. And then it's so he's so uncertain about our own. He, he doesn't have any answers uh, as it pertains to fixing the most important part of our team, which is the secondary. He, he acts like it's no big deal that we give up. 400 plus yards passing against Baylor and then get torched the following week. Speaking of therapy, that's what it sounded like was going on in the post-game press conference following Texas Tech. I I would agree with that, Mike. It did sound like that a little bit on his behalf. I mean, yeah, we beat Iowa State last year at home by seven. Yes, we did, CJ, and I was there. How did I forget that? Zach, we saw the Grinch that day. We did. I forgot about that. That was too. a great day. Yeah, and Brock Purdy couldn't pull off the, the flutie type play at the end with the Hail Mary. So we have beat. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think we're still we're but all prisoners we, we, of the we, moment we, a little bit. Correct, but we narrowly beat them the previous two. We got boat raced. Okay. Now, and also, let's say year one for him, things. All, all things considered, Mike, I get what you're saying about JMU 2014. Like, that team was not very good. And the fact we won five games was great. We've talked about this numerous times. And that like, was a pretty good JMU squad, too. Let's let's let, let, let's give I, JMU I, some credit. I, I, That's a I, really good program. What I will say is – Ask Marshall how good they are. Hey, <laughs> well, Marshall did take them down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, with a backup, both teams have backup quarterbacks. By the way, uh, I I'll be quite honest with you guys. I watched more of that game in the toward the back end than our game. Our game was just tough to watch. Once it got to thirty-one to three, it was just like, sheesh. You what know, are we doing here? Yeah, uh, the, the Taylor Twelman. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Doing. I mean, it was, it was, it what was bad. Hell? What the hell's going? 
going on out here? Hey, hey. <laughs> little Vince. We'll probably that, play that, that too. That's why I started focusing my attention on a different TV and watching Liberty beat the brakes off BYU. Hey, but then you came back crashing down to earth and the Yankees lost. Well, you know, life happens. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, that was a good win for Liberty. Um, and speaking of, <clears throat> CJ, I mean, we've talked about one guy who's <clears throat> on Neil's doorstep. I mean, how do you feel about you potentially coming to Morgantown? I I love it. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, yeah, there's some baggage with you, but I mean, ever since he's gotten to Lynchburg, um, he's running a very good above board program down there. Um, in the land of Falwell, though, that's tough. Wow. You literally type in you freeze, and the first thing that pops is you freeze WBU. Now, I don't know if yeah. my phone's just programmed that way or if that's really what's going on because Auburn's no, that's, third. That's that's really what's going on. It's below um, hospital bed, too. Remember, this guy coached from a hospital bed, Mike. You got to love that, right? The guy's proven he can win Power Five. That's all that matters to me. Okay. Well, and, and, and here's the that's other thing I think. Well, and here's the other intriguing thing with Hugh is, is he's a fantastic recruiter, but now, and he's shown a very good ability in the portal to get really good players and guys that can play. Um, guys gravitate towards him, um, you know, and from everything I've been able to to gather on my end, the, the rumblings of interest and the thoughts are very real. Um, I, I like you. Um, yeah, he had the issue at Ole Miss, but to me, the ability to recruit and more importantly to embrace and attack the portal the way he has is a big grade A plus. Um, Cause to me, I think if you're going to, if you're WVU and you're going to say, okay, you know what? When we hired Neil, it was, it checked all the boxes we wanted. I mean, it was everybody lauded it as a grade A to hire, but it, it, let's just admit it hasn't worked and we'll rip the bandaid off and do it. Are you going to go after another guy from a group of five and do the same thing, or do you want a guy with the power five success? If you choose the latter, Hugh's got to be number one on the list. But if you're WVU, I think you got to be quick because I don't know if you want to get into a bidding war because I just don't know if that's one you're going to win. I don't know if you've got the resources to win a bidding war. Are there any concerns about the past um, violations issues? Anything, any concern there? I I would have said yes, except for the the last you know three years at Liberty, it's been completely above board. He seems very so you say apologetic I mean, and contrite in what he's in what he did. You know, he owned it. He's kind of moved on from it. I think. Well, hopefully I, for his sake and potentially ours, two or three years from now, you don't hear something yeah. about his misgivings at Liberty, but you just never know. The, right. thing, the thing about that is after the initial press conference, most of that dies down. What I want to know from the panel is can we entertain a serious discussion uh, about the guy that I believe in, Deion Sanders? Guys, you don't need to check your watch to know it. It's time. You don't need your mama to tell you, your father to tell you, your friends, family members, or loved ones to know that it's time. First one to it is going to win. They're going to steal a gem. It's a right here, but Mike, I love it. I love it. I I don't have an issue with it. What concerns me is his lack of coaching experience. You're you're almost following into the hype of who he like. 
there there's certain hey cj let me say something real quick that dude played in the national football league for 12 years at a high level he's smart he's been around the game of football forever in in a studio he can coach now he's not getting he's not getting out coached by anybody i don't believe look the hype is the point Dion will become your program and you will win off of that hype he'll transform everything about who we are and what we do. He did a 60 minutes interview recently and they asked him if a power five team comes knocking, will you entertain the discussion? And he said, absolutely. I'd be a fool not to. Is it? And and at this point, I think it's who's courageous enough to entertain that talk. It's worth a shot. It's worth a meeting. Try it. I feel you, Mike. But the question I have is, is Dion too much about coach prime and, not about what the program is about. And I could see that at any program, him kind of falling in into that situation. Here's not the, just he, with us. He is about coach prime, but he's also the only coach prime. And what he's done at Jackson state, as far as on the field goes is remarkable. He's undefeated this year. And they've just had uh, like, they've had ESPN games. He's gotten five star recruits. Game day there this weekend. can offer him a six seven million dollar contract and then you give him the entire state of west virginia think about coach prime yo what's yo what's up mountaineer nation coach prime here like i I don't do a great dion but but he could he could transform hey can you do huggy bear what coach prime would say as huggy bear real quick (laughs) please i gotta gotta if if you if you look good you play good if you play good they pay good. <laughs> Best I can. I don't know if well, this has ever been done in history. Uh, probably not. That was great. Well, okay, but let me let me let me ask this question. Uh, well done. Uh, of Dion, if somebody finds themselves crazy enough to do it, let's say, let, let let's say Shane Lyons is does it, brings him in. Is he a guy that you trust in five or six years, say the Florida State job comes open and they come knocking? No, doesn't matter, though, because you're going to win now. That's, and that's, that's what we the need point to do. you're always going to make. Like, if you bring in a coach of any substance, you worry that it's going to be a stepping stone. But if it is, it means there was success to be had. So it's kind of what, what you really prefer. Do you want to have any semblance of success, even if it is short-lived and sets up potentially for the next guy that comes in? Or do you want to get somebody who you can be successful with over a long period of time, which just doesn't happen for very many schools? Let's just ask this question, right? So let's just say, for example, you do you do sign uh, an eight coach prime to a deal, and he's there for five years. Do you don't think Jamal Adai might want the job back at that point if we'd want him? Or say, you know, a really big name. You know, you can have a lot of different guys who would be very interested and come into Morgantown if that thing would be transformed in that way. I don't One know if we're willing to do that, though. And that's what makes me think a U Freeze is more realistic, maybe a Jamie Caldwell down at Coastal. I don't know. Can we give it a shot? We've been playing it conservative with Neil Brown for the last four years. To your point, 
Mike Zimmer is on Deion Sanders' staff, the former coach of the Minnesota. Is he Vikings. really? He hey, is. in a very great defensive mind there for the Bengals for a long time. Long time. It, he is, it, he it, is a Jackson State he's right the now. whole package, and more importantly, he's going to bring great players with him because of who he is. I, and, and I'm not saying that Auburn doesn't give it a shot or anybody else, but but why not just be the first one there and say, hey, I, Dion, he, he, let, let's lay out a proposal. Let's try to make something work. Why I not? I kind of love it, Mike. I love where your head's at with it. I appreciate it. I do. It. I do. And you know what, though? Because it is different. He does have the connection here with Noel. Um, he came up to Morgantown quite a few times. I, I just, I mean, he's living in Jackson now. I mean, is Morgantown that much different? Obviously, it's a little more north, a little colder. The, the mission kind of changes. But he wants that Power 5 opportunity. We could pay those guys some money, his staff. It's interesting. It is. It, it, it is interesting. Like I said, there's just – there's some overall, like, I don't know, it, the, the lack of head coaching experience, like time. Let's say this, though, CJ. <laughs> me. Probably better chance of it being Gibby than Dion. How does that make you feel? Jim I'm going to need more Jim Beam if we're going to have that conversation. Well, I think there's a real chance that could happen, too. And, uh... Okay, let's think about it. From I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. Gibby would be a worse hire than just about anybody in program history. Let's think about it from this perspective. If you're Shane Lyons, you're not taking, in all likelihood, another safe option that hasn't either proven to be somebody who can bring the kind of flair, I guess, or the spotlight and recruiting ability and everything that, for example, a Deion Sanders can bring to a program or somebody who has had success at a relatively high level at either a power five or a group of five, similar to a Neil Brown profile, if we're being honest, you don't think he's not just going to try and make a hire that's going to be an all or nothing type deal. Because if, if, if he doesn't get this one right, then he's done for. So does he go for broke? Is that what his what his mentality is? I don't think it's a Tony Gibson type hire is what I mean to say. No, I, I, I get where I, you're coming at. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, Zach. To me, I would think if I'm Shane, knowing the next one has to be right, I want somebody with the Power 5 experience that has shown success at doing it. To me, that model, a, a guy like Hugh Freeze over Dion, just because you're you're putting everything on that. I I, I want to go down knowing I brought in a guy in with the Power Five experience, not hitching my wagon to quite frankly a bunch of flair and hoping that there's substance. I'd rather be able to go, hey, look, the guy fit the model of everything opposite. He had the Power Five experience. He was successful in one of the best conferences in the country. He went to Liberty and transformed a program in three years. That's what I'd rather hitch my wagon to than, quite frankly, Dion, who's a ton of flair, but how much real substance is there? And that's, that's you know, that's fine. It's just part of my point is, as Shane Lyons has to make a decision on somebody, if it all shakes out the way that we're expecting at this point, which I think we're all on that same page. 
Blaine, is that is that a good transition to our list? Yes, I think so. But I also want to say this real quick. I, I'm still not sure Neil's done, fellas. I mean, because think about some of the recruiting that we've had, and if you're a little bit more experienced defensively next year, I'm just saying. I'm wondering, do you literally take the chance on starting all over again? And I'm not sure we do. You for know, the kind of money we have to do as well, because you can take you can take steps in college football um, year to year, and, and and we still have a lot of good young players right now. Do we really want to start over? And I don't know. And, and now, granted, if you could bring in a coach and he could keep some of these guys in the fold, that's great. But now with no repercussions, and you can just go and willy nilly play wherever or empowerment or however we want to say that player empowerment their their opportunity to go and play immediately anywhere they want, I mean, man, that, that makes it difficult to build a program. I mean, think about the secondary right now we would have if college football was how it was for 150 years almost. We'd have Tyke Smith, Sean Miller. We'd have Mesidor rushing the passer, Nick Troy Fortune back there. Like, yeah, some transfers would have happened, but not as many of them. We'd be it's, probably pretty good on defense right now. It's not, it's not a handicapped system based on the hardships of reality. That's college football. Well said. The fact of the matter is he brought in really, really bad replacements for those guys, and they're in our secondary right now, and it's hurting us on Saturdays. Yeah, and, and here's my thing. And a couple of weeks ago, Blaine, I, I was with you on the on the recruiting thing, but I, I really kind of – the flight back from New Jersey, I had uh, – I had to wait in the airport in, in Philly for about an hour and then took off in the two hour flight. Was Were you really... wearing Mountain Gear Mountaineer gear, CJ? Huh? Were you wearing Mountaineer gear? I was. Um Ooh, okay. That's 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 proud of you, man. That's bold I, of you as well. I I was really kind of thinking this through. And, and I hate to say this, and, it, and it's a comparison I didn't want to make, but Dave Wonstadt recruited phenomenally at Pitt and couldn't win. Like, at some point, the recruiting just doesn't matter. It has to translate. And to Mike's point, it hasn't yet. And I, I don't know how much longer can, – can you, can you afford to wait before be, – with the new existence of the transfer portal and all of that? Like – do you, do you want to take the chance that somebody like a Nico Markiel looks at the landscape and goes, man, I don't think this is getting any better. I'm out. Then, then what's it matter? And if we're being honest, that's true. Too, like, I think that's what you're hitching your wagon to with Neil as well as Nico. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe you don't want to get rid of Neil yet. If they have that relationship. Yeah. But who says Nico doesn't stay if somebody else like a Hugh freeze comes in and he sees what Hugh's done offensively. Or That's if, fair. Or if my pick, Graham Harold, gets the reins. Hold on now. It's really, Zach. That's your pick. I've had the stance ever since they signed him to the contract they gave him. In West Virginia, you don't pay an assistant as much as they decided to pay him without some sort of contingency plan to potentially make him the guy if things don't work out with Neil. Obviously, you hope that it does, but with Graham Harold being the level of – assistant coach that he was before he came to West Virginia. He was a, you know, I would say a hot commodity, potentially yeah. an, a, an upcoming head coach, maybe not at a power five, but in the position we're at, 
an interim chance. I mean, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I really don't. I that's what you say wrong. after his showing on Saturday. The best part of the game for Graham Harrell was that pregame clip where he was giving his old uh, co-workers a hug. I thought that was really sweet. But, oh, my God, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Now, I don't want that guy in charge uh, of my cousin's preschool class after what we saw. My are, goodness. Are we, are we putting together a wish list or a realistic? I would like to list. let you guys know my wish list. There's been a little bit of movement. Okay. Ooh, but, but okay. Zach, I will say this, Mike, before you jump in on that, is I, I don't hate the Graham Harrell idea, but what worries me is are you are you following the Dana mold a little bit, a, a guy who may not be real good with time and situation? Because that tended to get away from Dana at times. Or, or do, you, time, do you worry time about Time out, that? CJ. Time out, time out, time out. Why, why is that part of Graham Harrell's – well, no, what I'm saying is it's, it's a guy who's never been in that situation before. So time management, that's always kind of the one thing that always tends to get those guys who've never done it before. But he was a really good quarterback. Like, I think I, sometimes I, I we make a little that, too much out of that. Man. I agree with you. I think there's a little too much out of that. Uh, time management has bit some teams in the past. That's all I'm saying. And it can also be learned and I Your think boy, you freeze was a baseball Gra- player. You could sell Graham as and more he was awful time management early in his career. Yeah. Okay, Gone sorry, on. Zach, go ahead. I was just going to say you can see Graham as being a more composed, more level-headed Dana with the acumen, but maybe a little bit more of composure and potential to learn how to be an effective game manager and head coach than maybe Dana was or even still is. Oh, so not, to not, say it's a get... possi- not to say it's a given, but I think that's so, so he's not going to get drunk at Mardi Gras and thrown out. I would hope not. <laughs> he might get drunk at Mardi Gras, but at least he won't get thrown out. There you go. <laughs> that's fair, right? I mean, right. Well, well, we'll we'll let Mike get to his wish list. It was just a just a question I had. That's no, totally fair. Well, number one on my list, you don't have to worry about that because he doesn't drink, as we've talked about a lot. It's Deion Sanders. For the reasons I mentioned earlier, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Number two is starting to look more and more realistic because the Aggies aren't winning. And there's some some other news coming out with Jimbo Fisher's locker room. Uh, Apparently, they're partaking in some of... Uh, the doobage, so to speak. Maybe they need to put a, a tie-dye tapestry, maybe play a little Bob Marley in there, set the scene. But if Jimbo Fisher could come home, that'd be outstanding. And he's gonna, he's number two on my list for that reason. Number three is a two-step plan, and I have to credit my father, Tom Sussman, for the first step of this plan. He recommended this to me. We restructure Neil Brown's contract. We make him an overpaid special teams coordinator for the next 12 years. So you, you bypass the buyout and you just, you just pay him to keep him on. He coaches special teams. The guy's obsessed with it. It's all he talks about. And then you poach Pat White off the Chargers to pay him a little bit less, maybe $500,000, $600,000 a year. And he's at the helm. The fans love it. And we ride off into the sunset. What a what a plan! Wow, <laughs> that's a plan, all right. That that that's called the long con. Uh, that's what I got for you. What do you guys got? How do you top that? I, I don't know if you can. <clears throat> um, Zach, did, who did you have a couple that you other than Harold? I mean, obviously, freeze is in the mix, as you keep hearing, and we keep talking about. 
But I I don't know, man. I can't really come up with anybody that I would think of off the top of my head, you know, besides ones that we've mentioned with, you know, Coastal's coach, just because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a name that's out there that, you know, seems, you know, seems like a hire of the level it, we would is make. It still the, is it still the cat in the house guy? No. No, I wish it was, Mike. Call, Caldwell is not is – not, you want to be a bunch of dogs. <laughs> uh, that's going to play, by the way. Don't worry about that. I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. I, no, I, just, I just think that Harold kind of fits, given what I mentioned earlier. I just – I think it – Makes sense considering the contract that he received. It's just not a contract that assistants get at West Virginia for no reason besides just the fact that they're a big name. And, you know, I could be totally wrong. I could be misinterpreting that situation, and it could have been a hire for that price because it was a desperate situation considering the state of the offense under Neil Brown his first three years. That is a very strong possibility. I may be reading way too into it. Okay, Zach. I hear you. I mean, I'm not great at like this it. game. I'm not. I'm not so plugged into the landscape that I know who might be up for these positions. That's just my. That's my. Ball. <laughs> hey, by the way, the coach at Coastal was David Bennett. David Bennett, Coach Bennett, bring him to Morgantown. Bunch of dogs. <laughs> uh, CJ, you got any? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Hughes at the top of my list. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, what he did at Ole Miss, I think, was fantastic. What he's done um, at Liberty um, has been really spectacular, given kind of what some of the limitations are down there. I mean, the facilities are fantastic, but I mean, there are still some limitations down there. Um, I think Cadwell at Coastal um, is an interesting one. Um, you know, do, it comes down to are we looking for the Neil Brown thing really good at the group of five or, you know, um, with the power five experience? Um, those, those are kind of the, the two. I would have had a, another one had, you know, Cincinnati not been joining the fray because, you know, obviously Fickle was a guy mentioned a lot before Neil got hired. Mm-hmm. Was them coming to the Big 12 now, that's pretty much almost a foregone not happening um you know so I, like i said I, i'd like to see if they do move away from neil to get somebody that's got some of that power five um experience um and success at it so yeah he's he's the guy at the top of my list on that um i'm not 100 against mike's number one on dion i think it's that's an interesting one to at least you know kick the tires on and, and, and see what really exists there and go from there. But to me, yeah. Hughes, Hughes, my number one. All right. Um, well, I hear you on that CJ. So I, guys, my, my kind of one I've been kicking around here a little bit here of late. I don't know if you've watched Wake Forest play, but I wouldn't mind watching that type of offense in Morgantown. I really like their their coach, and I really like their program. And I think 
if we could find a way to lure uh, Mr. Clawson away from them, I think he'd be a heck of a hire. I don't know if we've watched Sam Sam Hartman play, but he can spin it in that mesh running attack. And he's kind of built them from nothing. I imagine if you gave him the facilities we have, he could recruit pretty well. I, I, I don't, don't know if anybody's talked about that, but I think it's worthy of a conversation because you guys are pretty much named all the guys I have. And, Mike, you're really starting to sell me on Prime, man. I'm telling you this. Really selling me on Prime. Prime sells himself. He, That's he's, true. That's he's true. A genius. He's a genius. And with limited resources, he's found a way to take over. And I think he he is a valuable asset. And it's just a question of who is going to take the first shot and why not and, us. And, and I'll say this too. Um, why not us? But also, if you get the right coach, look what is happening with TCU right now. We're about to talk about him, them here in a second. But Sonny Dykes comes in year one, and boom, things are happening. So – the talent we have, if you can keep it on board, you never know. Catch lightning in a bottle, right? Uh, it does happen a lot. The year after when Rich got let go of Michigan, they were pretty good with Brady Hoke. It happens that way. So, Rich and Dana obviously are no-goes. I've heard some people bring them up, and it's like, ugh, that's tough to listen to. But I think the Jimbo thing's got a lot of legs. If A&M lets him go, if Neil – is let go out of the same situ- contract. Jimbo still has a lot of connections and visits Clarksburg quite a bit. I mean, still has family that coaches as an OC at Robert C. Burke. So, I mean, you got to think he still likes West Virginia. I think that could be a, a great spot and a marriage for both of us, and then we really see what happens. Could take, Could really take off. It, so. it could be. Let's let's not also forget though with Texas A and M, because we talked about it with Neil. The the buyout number for Jimbo is ungodly. Doesn't it, matter. They've got the money, dude. It's eighty six million to buy him out this That's year. That's some change for down there, bud. That's a ton of money, man. You get three of you get a couple of those big donors together. They don't care. They'll make that happen. They've got the most money in college football. I mean, let's be real. They probably do, but man, eighty six mil. Whew. And we we thought sixteen was high. <laughs> Texas oil money is different than what we're working with here, though. I agree, it, it, it is a lot, but it it is not. It's it's more realistic for them. Oil money's different about, than coal money, about, Mike. What about my number three plan, where we give Neil a million and a half over the next twelve? to coach the special teams and we, we poach Pat white for a discount rate. I don't know. You can kick it around for a little bit. I don't want to burn the whole, the whole show on it, but I think it's, <laughs> why, why not keep him on to coach the special team? The guy has a passion for special teams. Oh, man. Here. Well, first off, I, I don't know. If you, you, a, a guy like Neil, that, that that's a big hit to the ego and the pride to do that. I don't, I don't know if that necessarily works. <sighs> But I think it goes back to to a point that Zach made earlier with Shane. Like he's probably going to get one more before that his, you know, seat gets really hot and it becomes his head on the chopping block. You really want to hitch your wagons to a guy that's literally never been a head coach. I agree. That's why we got to talk to John first. 
that's right that's right well we were going to kind of talk a little bit here about most disappointing losses but i think we'll save that for later because i'm sure we will probably have another one that's bad along the lines but did you guys have any that stuck out that's been more disappointing though than saturday just like one top of the head that's worse than saturday can i go are are we talking course of our lifetime or just neil's four years I say course of our lifetime. I mean, that's fine as well, but even micro sampled a Neil. Let's do well. one of each, and we can just yeah. make it a quick quick thing. I okay. like a quick hitter. Yeah. Let's go with the ones in our lifetime first, and then we'll circle back around for the ones from Neil. Okay. I'm going to say another Texas Tech game. The game in 2012, after we started 5-0 and with Geno and Stedman and Tavon, after we beat Texas, so much hope. Went down to Lubbock and got thrashed in the wind, as always. I mean, that's a, that's obviously, rough. we've been more disappointed. What about the game? Uh, see, that's not even allowed to be involved no, in God's no. Mike. But, but you asked disappoint. Mike. You you asked disappointing. <laughs> I'm right there with with Mike on that one. Disappointing in our lifetime. Yeah, I'm well, not even. Time out, time out. That's not even a question. Though. No, that We're game's not, not on the list. Yeah, it's not allowed. To it's be the even list. Disgusted. It's not even allowed to be discussed. No, that that game. Can, yeah. It is completely top to bottom the list. So it has its that. own has its own wing in the like in the hall of in the hall of whatever we want to call that. Shame. I, uh, yeah, being a man, didn't you, fan? <laughs> you always get let down. We talked um, about that game for too long. Yeah. So, do you have another one other than that one? Uh, this year against the same team. I, I mean, this, this, there's a difference between disappointing and embarrassing. The pit loss was disappointing. Saturday was embarrassing. We didn't even compete. Mm. That's good. Well, he just knocked out both of his in the same same game. Yeah, which is pretty much – I'm not going to say that wrong. Uh, like, I honestly this, can't either. This season's been extremely disappointing. I think there's no question about that to this at this point in time. Like, whew, like it's, it's tough to think about how kind of high hopes we kind of had. And maybe they were unfounded because the defense wasn't good enough. But um, – CJ, do you have a uh, – do you got one? Yeah, okay, if I can't go with – Don't say it. The no. One we, the one no. we've knocked off the list. If I can't go with that one. You know better. Um, I'm going to go to – You do too, Mike. Um, in my lifetime, um, I'm going to go to a game that I know you were at. Blaine You're an old-timer too, CJ. You got a little more memory bank than the rest of these young guys. Yeah, I do. Um, but – it, I want it, you to dazzle me here, like Neil and Eric. Come on, buddy, you got this, right? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish I could, because to me, if I went back to then, it would be the Sugar Bowl against Florida when we got absolutely dump trucked. Um, but I'm going to say disappointing. I'm going with one I was actually at. Um, Blaine, you were at this one too. Uh, November twenty third, two thousand eighteen. At home, Oklahoma win. You go to the Big Twelve title. Uh, that, that was tough. That was rough. That was rough. That was... Were, you, were, were you guys at TCU when college game day came? Yes. And blew it with like like a minute and a half left. Yep, the field goal, and they had the face mask that like literally ripped Trickett's. Mm. Yeah, that was sideways. 
Yeah, Blaine, when you ask that question to a bunch of West Virginia fans, they have a lot of options to go to. That's true. Yeah, yeah, especially some of us that have been around a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, CJ, to throw you under the bus there. No, no, it's it, it's. I remember some kneeling fun. times too. I'm not that. I'm not that old. No, I mean, you know, I was I was at the final home game for Neyland against East Carolina and David Garrard. So, I mean, I've, you know, I, I, I've, you know, been, been a Mountaineer fan a very long time. Um, you know, first game up there was 93 Man. Eastern. You remember when they had the so. Jersey Steaks sandwiches? Yep. They still have those? I think so. Zach, do they? Do you know? Where's this at? The Jersey's like steak sandwiches in the in the stadium. I don't know. Gosh, those are so them. good. Those are so good. Um, so what? So everyone's given one now except for me, right? Yep. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that TCU one was going to be my choice, Mike. But I hear you on that. That was pretty. That was pretty. Uh, a pretty good one. Another one, though, that to me was really difficult was when we had that chance to make it to the the BCS. Um, and we and we lost the game to Louisville at home that year on the blocked field goal with Teddy Bridgewater as a freshman. That was a really disappointing loss. Oh, see, so you say that now. I think of the blocked punt against Miami. Jesus. See, I was wondering. I was thinking you were going to go there, CJ. God, but... I was. Yeah, like there's so many options sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like Mike said, the longer you're a fan of this team. The more options you got, and time yeah. time may the, heal all wounds, but the, the, the Oklahoma fans, it makes them fester in, even longer. In the Oklahoma State game in Stillwater's, by far the the worst like loss. And I think we even kind of went, maybe even like need to reframe the question because I was looking for more answers, like like what happened Saturday. But we went to just all the heartbreakers, which is the ones you remember. So. Well, because the heartbreakers stick with you because those are the ones, you know, as you like to say, if the ball bounces a different way, you know, really change. Like, you can really see it. It, it. It's really hard in those ones where you get beat by 38 and you're quite frankly yeah. out, You're outclassed. Out. Yeah. Like, you remember the VT game, Vic running down the sideline forever. Or the going to step out of bounds and then doesn't, picks up more, five more. Oh, God. Why? It's just. Oh, I need yeah. more Jim Beam. <laughs> Why are we doing this to ourselves? Well, Why did we ask hey, this question? Well, it had to be asked. It had to be because Saturday, I, we were looking for more like just absolute taking us behind the shed, and we just went a different route with it, but that's okay. Well, um, if you want to go that route, you know, I could even give you, then I'll give you the one for Neil, well, and that's in what, Ames 42 to 9 or whatever that oh national thing yeah. was. Um, well, let's 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 just go ahead and say it. Is Saturday going to be one of those days? A real disappointing, like Texas Tech type win or loss in first in his first year, where we're down thirty five to three at halftime, or are we going to have a little fight? Are we going to see a game like a Baylor potentially here? I, I'm well, very curious to see. I mean, noon ESPN going to have Washushin the A team on it. Weather's looking pretty good, right, Zach? So far, so good. Vegas liking us to kind of keep it close, be frisky. I, I, I'm I'm feeling an opportunity here, fellas. I mean, and, and Duggan's very good, but TCU's 
maybe not as good as people kind of envisioning them to be right now. The number being a seven, obviously, is encouraging because Vegas knows all. But this growing list of injuries for West Virginia, it's got to be concerning, right? We're losing some key guys. We could be down to one running back and C.J. Donaldson this weekend. Mm. Well, I've heard that Anderson's going to get some run. He's going to have to. Mathis is already out. Johnson's probably a game-time decision. Oh, Over-under, C.J. Donaldson carries 20-and-a-half on Saturday. I was going to say 22-and-a-half, so give me the over on that one. Okay. He's going to have to tote it. I mean, if we have any shot at all, we're going to have to keep the clock running and keep the ball out of TCU's hands. If we said touches, I'd take the over actual rushing attempts. I'm going to take the under. I'm I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, We were totally blown up at the point of attack last week. We gave up seven tackles for loss and, and, and one sack as well. Uh, I, I just think we're in an unprote- unprepared football team, not ready for what's about to hit it on Saturday. And I mean, I mean, the, the, the concern is the secondary. We're playing one of the best quarterbacks we've played, arguably the best. And I mean, what, what, what are we coming off of? Four, 421 given up in the past game, followed by 336 and 594 total yards. I'm a little more worried about the D, guys. I, I'm worried about Quentin Johnston. Yeah. I was going on a heater the past scary. few games. He's going <laughs> on an absolute heater. Yeah. I mean. What's funny is his first few games to start the season, the numbers were pretty pedestrian, but then he just exploded. I mean, we were impressed by him last year in that game when we where we won in Fort Worth. And then you're like, oh, man, then you kind of saw the numbers this year. You're like, he's really kind of coming into his own. Uh, Sort of how we thought Ford Wheaton was going to come into his own, and it's kind of slowed a little bit for him. Overall, the offense was just completely stagnant on Saturday in Lubbock. But, I mean, like Mike said, the defense is going to be the story as usual because you would at least have some hope and expectation that the offense can turn it around. And, you know, TCU's defense is susceptible just as Texas Tech's defense was susceptible. We didn't take advantage. We're just going to have to see. But, I mean, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. How bad could this get if things just go as badly as they did against Texas Tech? Like, what? how ugly could this be? Now, a question real quick here. TCU plays fast, but they're not going to be as fast as Texas Tech, correct? I I'd guess not. I mean, Texas Tech runs about as many plays as anybody in the country. They're way more talented, though, but you're right. They ran 103 plays on Saturday. See, I feel like Texas Tech is so gimmicky that that just had us so flustered and not on our game, whereas I think Saturday might be more of a football game. We see a little bit more Baylor-type thing. Also, I'll say this, too. A few – again, I will say this, CJ, you're right. The ball bounced a few ways differently on Saturday early in the game with the officials blowing some plays dead potentially. Maybe us actually catching an interception. Could have flipped the whole script in that game. You get up early, things are a little different. 
right? It's possible. I, I think Johnston's going to have a Bolitnikov <laughs> You're probably right. day on You're, Saturday. And, You're right. He's going to have a banner day that's going to thrust him into contention. And and Duggan's going to have what a lot of quarterbacks against us have had, and that's you know up Heisman film day. I just the secondary is just so perplexingly bad. I mean, I to me this I I, I don't their run think, game is very good too. That scares me as well. Like that yeah, Kendry Miller I, kid is is having himself a season right now, man. Like and Demarcado is not a slouch either. Yeah, their offense is very talented. I, I'm just. I will say this, like, you can't always count on bringing back 17-point wins every week, right? Like, and then they also came back against Kansas. I'm just wondering, like, and they've won those four games consecutively, and no one was really talking about them before. It's going to test their mental toughness on Saturday. If we're in the game, we have a chance to win, obviously. What's the letdown spot for them? It just is. That's the only – that's the biggest chance you've got. I mean, it's – it's definitely the puncher's chance. Well, I don't say it's the only chance you've got because I think our offense is pretty good. And I think you can run the ball in their defense a little bit. Um, we got to do what we did to Shapin, man. If he's sliding, just just don't pull up. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. We're, we're kind of out of options. I mean, we will be getting some guys back, but we're also losing a, a good number. That's another thing. Injuries are mounting. Like, it's just – it, it's it's a tough spot to be in. This is also one of those spots, though, where kind of sometimes when you absolutely get destroyed, one of two things will happen. You'll either come back with a fire and a and a will to prove everyone wrong for what happened, and to kind of show you're something different, or you're all over. So. That's definitely what's going to happen. So we're either going to lose by 30 or we're going to be in the game till the very bitter end. We could lose by 25. I guess we could lose by 25 too, Mike. You're right. <laughs> Does that take us to predictions? I mean, anything else about this guy? I mean, their defense is, is pretty stout too, which – and they've been getting after the quarterback a good bit. That does make me a little nervous with the offensive line injuries that we have right now. Milam's supposed to play, though, correct? He apparently has a pretty good chance. Early chance. That's that's good news. Is that's it? good news. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, I definitely want Milam I'd have to take Milam over Brandon Yates, I have to say. He looks good in the Parmar commercial, not so much on the field. Ooh. I, hey, you know, let's let's get to predictions. <laughs> let's get to predictions. It um, is what it is, guys. Come on. Mike, you go the ahead only and lead good, off. The only legitimate recruit to come out of West Virginia in the last decade was Ryan Switzer, and we didn't hey, get him. Zach here's Frazier. The, here's the, good for Zach Frazier. Here's the great player still got his lunch eaten on Saturday. I don't even know why our guys took our lunch to the game because the Red Raiders ate all of it. We're moving forward to Saturday. 
uh, through noon kickoff, noon kickoff. I'm going to hit the road probably about 7 a.m. CJ, the Shoney's is still there. It's still operating. I heard you say <laughs> that a couple episodes back. And, I, and, and, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a constant flat woods on the way to the game guy. I'm thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Definitely got to hit it. All right. I might hit it on the way. We'll get to the stadium, and I like the noon kickoff. Let's just get it rolling. Let's get it over with uh, a top <laughs> 10 team in the house after just getting demolished a week ago. Look, Max Doobie Doobie Dugan is no joke. Neither is Johnston. They're going to have a field day. They're going to run circles around our secondary. JT Daniels has been pedestrian for the last three weeks, and he was kind of our saving grace, our only reason to say, hey, we've got something. And and in this conference this year with a lot of good quarterbacks, he's kind of just another guy. I, I think it's more heartbreak. It's another awkward press conference. I've got TCU 34 to 21 but with a really uneventful second half where the game is pretty much over early hmm 34 21 but it's over early interesting Mike. not over over but they have control throughout so you're thinking maybe late touchdowns at the end for us correct like it's 31 to 13 in the fourth and we score and then go home gotcha more positive than i expected I'd agree. Well, well, give, me anyway. again, give me that again, Mike. 34 21? 34 to 21. Yes. Okay. All right. TCU. So cover, but Mike, you are definitely an under guy this week. Interesting. Okay. Do you want TCU to score another touchdown? No, you, you don't need that. <laughs> I mean, you need TCU to score two more touchdowns with the total you threw out there. Oh, wow. Yeah, the total's at 69. Nice. I'm going to stick with my original <laughs> prediction. I think our defense is going to – I don't I don't know what they're going to do. It kind of bows up a little bit, makes a play or two maybe. Offense kind of sputters. Maybe, maybe Duggan has a cold. He's a little bit off and he misses two touchdown throws and still goes for 350. Okay. All right. All right. You want to enjoy yourself Saturday. That's, that's what you're telling me. Okay. If I get to the Shonies in time. <laughs> CJ, you won't get to get Shoney's this weekend, though. It's, will you? it's the salad bar. That's really what I like about Shoney's. Oh, especially breakfast salad bar. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, good, good call. Good yeah, call. I, I, I will not be not be hitting the Shoney's. Matter of fact, I will be coming home at seven a.m. after an audit shift, sleeping for about four or five hours. Get up, watch the game. Um. I, this will be the first time I've done this all year, but given what I have seen, um, Duggan has a huge day. Um, I'm going to say he throws for 380. Um, Johnson has a big day, um, and it just doesn't get a whole lot prettier. Uh, TCU 45, WVU 28. All right, so CJ, all over that over, my friend. Yeah, I think I think, that, but... I, I think offensively we, you know, we have a better showing than we did, but there, to me, I just feel like TCU quick strikes pulls you out of that game plan a little more than you want to be, and you just end up in some bad spots. Okay, okay, Zach, what, what do you got, buddy? 
Well, last week I tried to hit the reverse jinx. Worked the first time. Yeah. Not so much last week. You also talked about it, though. Well, I technically talked about it against Baylor, but... You're right, you're right. Fair. And we all knew what you were doing, so okay. All right. It still worked. I don't know. <laughs> the, the universe is weird. It is. I'm just going to go for broke here. I'm going to say we ended up winning the game that we were supposed to lose after losing the game last week. We were hopefully supposed to win. Go like- in. All the cards on the table. Injuries be damned. Put the embarrassing loss behind you. Show what you got. Show a little fight. Catch TCU slipping a little bit. Resting on our laurels of their 7-0 start that nobody predicted. Nobody. Nobody. And they get caught slipping in Morgantown on a nooner at set on in Morgantown on Saturday. West Virginia, 38, TCU, 69 total. Did he just, he just picked the years. I sure he did. did. He did. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. We got something. We got a beam of light somewhere. <laughs> and <sighs> the constant stream of positivity known as Zach Carper. Hey. Hey, Zachy Moon, buddy. I, I will tell you this. I want to go with you so bad. <laughs> but but I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I think we're going to play an extremely tough football game on Saturday. I think we're going to run the ball pretty well. I think we'll create a turnover, too. I just think Duggan's going to make a play at the end. Our secondary being the shape it is, I don't trust us to be able to close out a game. That scares me. It kind of feels like a situation where we where we're, we have it almost the whole way, and then somehow at the end TCU finds a way to pull it from us. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going with TCU to win this thing 45 to 42. Absolute shootout. Um, cannot believe this number's at 69. If, uh, if the coaches meet before the game, can we take out the forward pass? <laughs> Just a little we, handshake agreement. We, we need it as well, Mike, though. Uh, but I, I, I think I think it's going to hurt us more because the, the, the net gain's not there for us. What you're because, saying because it's pretty much a walk through on air against our defense. He's not wrong. the The yards after catch numbers that we're allowing are just it was bad. completely staggering on a week to week basis. It's unbelievable. It was bad Saturday. It was real bad. Hey, uh, Mike, can, can we get a hugs talking about the secondary real quick? We didn't play well. We didn't get the ball. We didn't catch the ball. We'll let them pass the ball. <laughs> we, we were back. We were backpedaling, right? Just a little too much. They're, they're not. That's the problem. They're not doing anything. 
I mean, let's just ask this question real quick. Say say that we are able to pull off the upset win <laughs> on Saturday. What are you thinking about Neil Brown? Like, is everyone that was just all off the bandwagon now he's got a signature win, right? Like, yes, yes, we're back. What, we can get to that, a bowl. That, like, what that, are we thinking? That counts. That that checks off a, an important box. He he would have a signature win. I mean, I I, I don't think it, it it would swing me in his favor. He could still lose out, obviously, or go six and six. But that that'd be huge. Yeah, that that'd get that get a, that'd get us going. Okay, we'd spend. We'd have like maybe. Not as much of the the fire Neil crowd out. I mean, it's it's hot and heavy right now. I don't think anybody you talk to is like, yeah, it's going to work for the most part. I mean, we're even sitting here talking about it the way we're talking about it. That's tough. I am the lone wolf on the West Virginia train. Hey, Zach, Zach, you're you are getting the fight song behind your your pick this week, not me. Well, Just telling and, you that right now, you deserved it, buddy. And, and let's not forget, Neil also right now is the betting favorite to be the next coach to lose his job. That's that's rough. That's rough. Not the list you want to be on. Hey, but you know what? This is typically when these types of things happen, though. You circle the wagons, right? This is the time. He, he's got slightly better odds than Brett Venables. I think firing Brett Venables is kind of premature. Well, I would agree with that, but yeah, not to say that given the prestige of the program that he may not, you know, it may not be necessary, but I don't know. First hey. year head coach is getting fired. It has to be pretty significant. What kind of odds do you think you get in Vegas for us to finish seven and five or six and six right now? Does anybody know? Is that, I'm sure you can make that bet, right? Hefty plus odds. What would I'd you say put seven and what would five? You put I'd say Ooh. seven and five is a plus twenty two hundred. Oh yeah, it, it's a big plus number. You can bet on the Mountaineers to finish five hundred. You could do it before the season. The, the future totals. I don't know if you can still do it in season. I think you can still bet on the conference. I don't think you can bet on the the, the win totals though. I wish you could. It would be nice. I, fellas, I just, I just sit here and think at this point in time is the best we can hope for five and seven this year. It might be. Yeah. I find one for season win totals on uh, DraftKings. We're a, Plus thirty thousand to win the Big Twelve. <laughs> we're not, so we're not mathematically eliminated yet. No, uh, TC right now has the best odds at plus one forty. You're telling me there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. At least basketball's here. Thank God. That is good. Like we need that right now, badly. Hey, basketball has a more recent win than football does. Oh yeah, super super secret scrimmage. Yeah. Do do we we know nothing about that, right? The only thing I know is that according to Caridi and the gang on three guys, 
they ended up beating Dayton, playing at Bethany College, beat them by 11, I believe. Emma Matthews was the high man scoring-wise, had like 17 or 18 points, forced 23 turnovers. Not bad from that perspective. AJ was pretty pumped about it, too. It sounds like it. Yeah. Very pumped. The producer was pretty pretty excited about Emmett putting up 18 in the scrimmage. I heard Mike, though, said he, they won by 90. Is that right? According to my official reporting, that, that is what I've that's what I've deduced from the mm. situation. I mean, yes. the official unofficial box score. You had some student spies down there in Bethany College, right? Little birds. Bethany College. I'm all over it. Got little birds everywhere. I cannot believe that that's where they played that game. Huggy Bear lays low. He doesn't want people knowing what they've got going on. Hey, I think we got something going on, by the way. The revival of Press Virginia. (sighs) Probably not to that extent. I wouldn't be so sure. You really? Really. I think the personnel might allow for it. If Woggy can be the sort of rim protector big that you kind of need waiting in the wings back there, maybe not to the degree of a Sags, but somebody that can at least be a catch-all for anybody Mm -hmm. that comes through the press, that could be a possibility. And they really like Jimmy Bell's feet, by the way, and his ability to kind of be explosive. And supposedly he lost a lot of weight, so like, we're going to rebound the ball again this year. That's interesting. I feel like you got to be able to rebound to also run that defense. Agreed. And you've got you've got some length on the wing. I mean, as long as they're aggressive getting to the rack, getting to the boards, you'll have a you'll have a chance to get that cuz you've got some aggressively defensive-minded guards in Tucson and Keedy, Kobe Johnson, more of a defensive kind of guy himself. I mean, Stevenson, three and D type of guy. They've got some. They've got some players. Emmett, I think, has the capability of fitting in that system. I mean, there's there's the potential for that to make a make a comeback. I think that it's going to be necessary. Yeah, and, I, I I really like what what Huggins has has constructed. Um, you know, as far as as far as this team, I think he's got a lot of a lot of guys that are kind of more his mold so i think i I, i'm excited um and zach i think you are right i think we are a plus really big number because this beginning of the year the season win total was five and a half with a negative 125 to go over so yeah i think the the odds for us to go to seven is huge (laughs) yeah at this point in time (laughs) uh not great bob I got lost in in the football talk there for a second. Back off the basketball, um, man. I think we'll be upper half of the Big Twelve. Huggins just seems to have a little bit more of a. He seems to be a little having a little grin a lot during these press conferences right now this time of year. If you remember last year, he wasn't feeling so hot about the team. He wasn't. And let me ask this: How much do you think it might be a relief knowing that the Hall of Fame thing's over? I don't think that, that played that, that one covered, one thing into his – and I don't think that mattered to him at all. I don't think it mattered, but the conversation kind of around it now, does that kind of maybe – It wasn't – I don't think it was that big a deal, though, honestly. Like, no, people would but, talk about it on occasion, but it wasn't like 
an always topic, and I don't think it affected the kids at all. We just didn't I, have guys that wanted to defend last year. That's just really short and sweet well, of it. Correct, but I'm wondering how much of that now is a little bit of a burden off of Huggy, and it's kind of, okay, well, now really the one thing left is the national title. Like, can that kind of breathe a little bit of life back into you knowing, okay, I don't have anything left to prove I'm in. Like, now I can really chase the national title without anything else sitting out there. I, mean, I would think that it, he was it, pretty certain he was going to get in at some point. It was well, just a matter of time. Correct. Right. Uh, correct. But I'm just wondering, is, is that a, maybe just a little hey. bit weight off? Hey, uh, hey, Bob, do you want to answer that real quick? Or is trying to score more points than the other team? <laughs> we got to put the ball in the basket, Tony. <laughs> got to make shots. These, these guys really like each other right now. They're They're having a good time. I, I can definitely, t- I can definitely I tell though when Mike's doing it and when when you got when CJ and Zach and CJ and Zach are doing it. Oh yeah, oh Distinct yeah. Difference. I, Distinct difference. Distinct difference. I will say this though with this team, I am going to kind of miss the flowing, the Emmett Matthews flow, like the Rotini pasta hair. Yeah, is his hair cut? It sure is. It's oh yeah, a bit of a bit of a half row. Hey, it, you know something else though? They were talking. about Speaking of Emmett, they were talking about him and Stevenson's relationship, right? And how they were saying they were firing ice and about how Emmett kind of has this sort of swagger, I guess, about him coming back. And like how Hug said, I can't talk crap in the Seattle papers. And there's probably good reasons for that for Huggins. Let's be quite honest about it. We don't want to start a war out there in Seattle. Um, But he he also mentioned someone said about Stevenson. They said, "Did he just replace McNeil?" And he said, "Oh no," and brought up toughness. And I thought that was very interesting, and talked about all his Wichita State time and how kind of that was the player they were looking for. And you think about Toussaint kind of the same way, Emmett coming back, knowing that DNA. We're going to be a really tough team this year, and we're going to need to be because that. PK legacy in Portland and thanks around Thanksgiving is going to be no joke. I mean, Purdue, Gonzaga, then you get Duke or Florida or somebody else on that other side of it. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, that'll be a significant litmus test early on. Because before that, you really just have Pitt on that Friday night. We're playing Penn on a Friday. Uh, what Mount St. Mary's and who, who's the other one there? Well, Bowling Green on Friday, but that right. doesn't count. That's the charity right. game, right? Yep. That's okay. just the Norma May Ray Huggins yeah. uh, game. Yeah, I'm trying to remember here, fellas. I, I had it written down. Yeah, and that's, and that's going to be a really good litmus test for this for this team early too. And I don't know. And, and part of me also too, kind of. I, I want to take a step back on on the Duke thing without Coach K. Like, what what do they look like? Talented, we, talented, yes. But what? what when know. do we start talking about Duke? Well, I mean, they're they're in. Oh, that's a possible opponent. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, why are you wondering... taking a shot at Coach K? I, I, no, I'm not. It's just go Duke. You know, you know um, he's no longer there, man. It's Shire's squad. And he, he'll be fine. Some, 
he he lost some coaches off that staff because he rubs guys the wrong way. But uh, that that's my question on them is is yeah they're still going to be extremely talented, but do do you take a little bit of a step back because it's not Shashevsky on the sidelines now? Mm, probably not. Probably not. But probably you know, not. I mean, it's like I said. Either I'll way, still be still happy be... if we beat them. I think. Well, oh, wouldn't, God, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh God, so, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Um, Just because of the name on the front. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to be a oh. smooth five seed. I like that. Dude, I'm with you on that, Positivity, Mike. Positivity, let's gonna, get it. Yeah. Hey, Moorhead State's another team in November, by the way, fellas. Um, it, there's a chance you could play Xavier two times in a row, by the way. I don't know if anybody saw that. Hugs was talking about that, too. I love the five seed call, Mike. I'm with you. I think we're going to be upper half of the Big 12 in basketball this year. A lot of volatility in the conference. I, I, I love the the, the the thought of a five seed, but then you talk about that 5-12 nightmare. Hey, I'll take being back in the dance any day of the week. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll take a 5-12 chance. Hugs, which he – what's he going to say besides something positive? But he's not normally one to mince words when he was – talking to the crowd during the gold blue game, which I was lucky enough to attend just being up in Morgantown before I went home after the game a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. Went home after the game against Baylor. Stayed a a night, decided to go to the gold blue game. I have mentioned that in the post Baylor pod. Make it a long weekend of you, Zach. I hear you. Not too bad. Going to do it again this weekend, going to Bowling Green first and then see what happens against TCU. But anyway, Huggins decided to make some comments about the team and how they're looking and made mention of, you know, them having a tendency to throw to the team in the opposite color jersey, but they also forced some turnovers themselves. And he he said that we're really going to enjoy watching these guys and, you know, they get along real well, all that classic stuff. But he, he seemed to think that us being a projected nine in the conference, nine out of ten, not uh, not enough respect there, which, again, what's he going to say? But if he actually has some substance behind those words, which we all hope is the case, then you know, Foxy's not out of the, out of the he, question. No. He'd tell us if we sucked. I think He's so, too. To do he that. has kind of done he that He doesn't mince words. No. I, I think we're going to be up. I mean, you're telling me TCU is 14th in the country? No way. Texas twelfth, yeah. Texas right. Tech, or excuse me, TCU returns a lot from a team who made some noise last year. I'm not going to say that they can't be that good, and I mean I really like Mike Miles. He's a hell of a player, but it's true. But it, it's it's going to be a competitive, tough top to bottom conference again. But I think a nine projection for us is more related to what happened last year with a team that's completely disbanded for the most part to a. You know, you're putting a lot of stock in that from last year. And considering the coach that we've got at the helm, I don't think that's entirely fair. And the transfers this year are much more significant and much more lauded than what we brought in last year. I think the transfer portal will hit a little more than it did last year. Oh, I'd agree with that, Zach. Hey, question, by the way. Um, In terms of rotation, how many minutes – are you thinking like Kobe and Seth Wilson are looking at, by the way? Just question. 
considering the depth of guard between Toussaint, Stevenson, Keedy, I mean, those guys are going to be your front line in the right. backcourt. But <laughs> I would say, I mean, they bring you such different things. Kobe isn't as offensive-oriented, which I think Huggins would like him to be more aggressive on offense, especially getting to the rack, because he's not the most proficient shooter. And then Wilson, on the other hand, is a bit of a smaller guard, but he's more of a perimeter shooter than Kobe is. So I'd say just because, which they can both bring in, bring intensity on the defensive side of the ball, but I would say Kobe, for what he brings you as a ball handler and a defensive presence, give him about 13 minutes a game to Seth's 10, 10, 11. But they're going to play that much then. I'm, I'm glad to hear they're getting that should get that kind of time. I think they should. Yeah, yeah I, I think they should. I think also it it also kind of depends too, like if he really does kind of want, if they do bring back even just a resemblance kind of of that press Virginia where they're trying to speed guys up. Right. You could see those guards getting rotated a lot more. Um, and some of it's just going to come out of comfort and, and who's really playing well and doing the things that need to be done. But if they're really kind of looking to kind of get back into a little bit of that mold, I, I could see those guards getting, getting a lot of, a lot of run just because you're going to have rotation. And he hey. mentioned also running the one through one again, which got a lot of the, a lot of the people in the crowd excited, but oh, you, you got to live in that one. and mix that in and trapped in the half court. I mean, you're going to have to run some subs. Started before he got there, too. Mm. Bob Huggins is a listener. Deshaun taught him that. Oh, yeah. Amazula. Love that. And the when coach. he pulled it out, you know, yep. the, the couple of times is, is a very, you know, it, it that's a fantastic almost closer type of defense because it, 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 you go from not seeing it to all of a sudden now you got to adjust in the final couple of minutes. It, it can be a, a, a game changer. And, I'm just interested to see how many guys we actually play, right? Because, like, you look at the roster, and I'm thinking, like, well, I see a lot of these guys getting opportunities to be on the floor, maybe other than the Joe Size that are freshmen. The rest of them, you would imagine, are probably going to see some playing time at times, right? Maybe Jamel King as well, or do we think maybe not? I think Jamel King can play. He's one of the sharper shooters on the team. A lot of length. If he can play some defense, be a 3 and D type guy, he'll yeah. definitely get some burn. Uh, I mean, I imagine um, James, the, the big O, on a Conquo. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, he's going to get time. Bell's going to get time. Why? I wish we had the other big O. Oh, <laughs> no. He doesn't know the rules. He doesn't uh, know the rules. He, he shall not be named. That's, that's true. Well, no, we actually kind of said, did, did we come off that last year? A little I don't bit? Know. Not, not to college. No, you're right. Probably not. I don't know if you'd allow it. It's tough. Yeah, the, Oscar is – he should not be named, uh, Mike. So. There's still some uh, scars there. There are. There. Are. Hey, by the way, though, Kyle Perry, um, kudos to him for that deal with the minor. I that saw was pretty that. cool. Very now, nice. granted, I do have one thing I want to say about this. We're really making that big a deal out of it just because it's Kentucky. Is that really it? Because I've seen some people go to Mountaineer games looking like that. <laughs> uh, right? It probably, but it is still kind of a really cool story. So, I mean. Oh, it's an awesome story. And the fact that he brought up Clarksburg, too, I thought was pretty cool. 
Anything that gets us connection, right? Yeah, good, good for Cal. He was wearing a suit, though. I noticed that for his. Uh... There are fans in the building. I guess we can allow it, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah. I don't know. Hey, Hugs, you know Hugs is gonna wear that that little general pullover. Look <laughs> flies ever. You all know season it. long, all season long. With, yeah, with, gotta with, get with, it out of the closet with with the WVU <laughs> chain. Hey, that chain is fresh. It's Corleone style. Oh yeah, I love it. Man, fellas. I'm just glad that that's almost here because football is just, it's brought us a lot of misery this year. There's no other way around it. Hope springs eternal yet again. It does. And basketball is literally what, two weeks away. It feels like it's week 11, but it does as miserable as this season has been. But I mean, you're right. I'm I'm never going to give up on huggy bear, but that's something, that's another thing that we've been saying for a couple of years. So, who knows, guys? Might have to hunker down. Winter is Mike, coming. Mike, Mike, we thought we – you were talking about a smooth five seed, and then you said hunker down. It is what it is. Can we shoot a basketball? Can we shoot the ball? That does matter. I think uh, we can We, 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 we can make shots. Long, the optimism faded. We hung too long. That's, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, we're going on like an hour and a half. Yeah, we got it wrong. Thank you.